At this point, the unit, which is held together by the key words Shenai, which we saw in Tov Mishenehem, and Melochofnaim, and Yesh Echad Ve'en Gam Sheni, and we saw Ve'ilu Ha'echad She'ipol Ve'en Sheni Lahakimo, Tovim Ha'shenai Min Ha'echad, and with the uh, with the story of the king, we saw it when Kohelet talks about Hayered Hasheni, and so that unit which Kohelet in which Kohelet discussed uh, the social compact, the social contract, so to speak, comes to an end. He's going to go back to social issues in a second, but he stops here to talk about uh, God, to talk about Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's unclear why these seven pesukim. Uh, sort of in the middle of nowhere are Kohelet's ruminations about God, and, and right afterwards we'll go back to the social questions again. Perhaps uh, he talked about a melech, and now God is the ultimate melech, in contrast to the human melech, to the human king, uh, who always ends with the disillusionment of the people. God is a different kind of king. Uh, and so we'll start here with Pasuk Yudzain in Perek Dared, Shemor Raglecha Kaasher Terech El Bet HaElohim, Guard your feet or tread carefully when you go to the house of God. Vekarov Ishmoar Miteta Kesirim Zabach, and it's better to listen to the word of God than it is for the fools to sacrifice uh, sacrifices. Ki Enam Yoderim Laasot Ra, because these fools who bring sacrifices. To interpret this uh, pasuk the way the Ibn Ezra did, know how to do nothing but evil. He explains, They only know how to do evil, and they think that their sacrifices are going to redeem them from their evil deeds. Now, this attitude of Kohelet is a repetition not only of the many messages that the Nevi'im Aharonim tell the people that it's better to actually listen to God's words than it is to simply sacrifice for the sake of sacrificing. But the words are eerily similar to the words that Shemuel told Shaul, in which Shemuel says, And so the Pasuk very much recalls the failure of Shaul, and perhaps that's the connection with the previous section. The previous section discussed the failings of a king, and maybe the story that he was telling over there uh, was the failings of Shaul, and the second king was David. Maybe that's what Kohelet is recalling over there. But very, but very much what we see here is the repetition of the theme of Shemuel. Kohelet tells his audience, it's better to listen to what God says than to simply bring, bring sacrifices. Sacrifices are not going to redeem anyone from the evil that they do. Don't be rash with your mouth and do not let your heart hurry to utter a word before God. In other words, once again, tread carefully before God. When you say something, think about what you're going to say why? God is in the heavens and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Don't say too much. Don't commit to too much. God is listening to everything. And in the all-encompassing presence of God, you should be very careful about what you commit to. Pasuk bet. Kiba halom berov 
וכל כסיל ברוב דברים. For a dream comes with many matters, and the fool's voice with much talk. Kohelet over here is comparing the phenomenon of a dream to the talking of a fool. If you think about a dream, what happens in a dream, there are all these different events, they're all discombobulated, uh, you don't know what comes first, what comes second, there's so many different things, they're all confusing, there's, there isn't necessarily a coherent timeline, and the words of a fool, the many words of a fool, are similar to uh, the sort of incoherent and rambling characteristics of a dream. Of course, what Kohelet is telling you here is that your words should be few, not like the fool who has these incoherent ramblings. Pasuk Gimel, Ka'asher tidor neder Elohim, when you make a vow to God, al te'achar neshalemo, do not be late in fulfilling it. Ki in hefes pekesirim, God takes no pleasure in fools who make vows and don't fulfill their vows. Et asher tidor shalem. Again, Kohelet repeats over here, that which you vow, you shall fulfill, you should fulfill. Pasuk David, tov asher lotidor, it's better for you not to vow anything, mishetidor velotishalem, then you vow and you do not fulfill it. Pasuk he, altiten et picha lahati et besarecha, do not let your mouth, in this case lahati is from the meaning uh, to punish, not to sin. Don't let your mouth end up punishing your flesh, your physical body. In other words, if you make a vow and you don't fulfill it, God will punish your body. Do not say in front of the Malach. The Malach over here could be uh, Hashem's representative or it could be the representative at the Mikdash presiding over the sacrifices. Either way, you should not tell uh, uh, the Malach that the vow that you made was a mistake. It was, uh, I didn't mean to do it. Why should God rage over your voice, over the words that you vowed and did not fulfill? And destroy your handiwork. Uh, the word hibel, the mefarshim over here, explain as mashhit, to destroy. Hibel can also come from the shorish, Over there in Devarim, God is telling a person he should not collect the debt from the Almana. And over here, would be in line with the discussion of vows, God, so to speak, collecting the vow that the person made by punishing him. The last pasuk in this uh, small little subunit about God, pasuk vav, again, Kohelet goes back to the theme of dreams over here. What he's saying over here is that speaking too much, promising too much, it has the same incoherence as many dreams, and uh, he uses the word Hevel over here, mere breath, probably implying that all these words that the fool says that he promises are insubstantial, just like breath. In uh, With that background in mind, Ki et et ha-Elohim yera. God, you must fear. Don't speak before God the type of incoherent rambling that you might speak in front of your friends. With that, Kohelet ends his very short, only seven pesukim, his short rumination on the religious experience. And before we move on, I just want to say a few things about uh, this reflection of Kohelet. The first is that very obviously these seven pesukim lack what is uh, very apparent throughout the rest of Kohelet, which is a skepticism, the 
the mention of everything being Hevel, these seven Pesukim do not have that. And what you see over here is that Kohelet, when it comes to the religious experience, when it comes to man's relationship with God, here Kohelet is not skeptical. Here he takes the sort of establishment party line, and he is in fact very serious about man's relationship with God. What he's skeptical of is the uh, the people who think that their relationship with God can be manifested through sacrifice in the Mikdash, and they can go about and do whatever normal evil and uh, whatever regular absurd speech they uh, they would normally engage in. And Kohelet is very skeptical about those people, but he's not skeptical, and he's in fact quite serious about man's relationship with God. That experience, it seems, does actually have significant and lasting value, in contrast to pretty much everything else that Kohelet surveys uh, throughout the Sefer. The other thing to notice over here is that Kohelet brings a certain point of view to man's relationship with God. This is not to say that it's the only point of view, but it's certainly a a point of view. If the proper attitude towards God is gilu birada, then Kohelet's point of view is firmly in the uh, category of birada. He his attitude to God is that a person should approach God with trepidation. Shmor he says. Al tevahel al picha. Ha'elohim b'shamayim be'atar la'aretz arkeni yu devarecha me'atim. In fact, in uh, pasuk gimel. Uh, where Kohelet says, Ka'asher tidor neder l'elohim al te'aher l'shalemo, it is almost an exact quote of Devarim chaf gimel ki tidor neder l'adonai elohecha lo te'aher l'shalemo. In fact, the only difference between the two pesukim is, besides some minor grammatical issues, the only difference between the two pesukim is that Kohelet refers to Elohim and the Torah refers to Shem Havaya Yodke Vavke. The Ibn Ezra, at the end of Kohelet, when he speaks about uh, the final Pesukim of Kohelet, in fact says that the Sod, the secret of the entire Sefer of Kohelet, is that he refers to God as Elohim throughout the entire book, and Shem Havaya Yorke Vavke does not appear one time in the entire Megillah. What the Ibn Ezra is saying over there, and what Kohelet is expressing in these Pesukim, where he discusses the religious experience and the attitudes towards God, God, man's relationship with God, what he's saying is he's expressing a relationship between man and God that's marked by distance. This is not the personal God of Yodke Vavke that one can address at any point in time. This is Elohim. This is the all-powerful, omnipotent God, and you must tread carefully. Do not speak too much. Don't say too many things. God is not your friend over here. In fact, parenthetically, the Ibn Ezra has a very long polemic against the Ashkenazi Piyutim because uh, for many different reasons that he discusses. And that polemic against the Piyutim is precisely uh, in his perush on these Pesukim in Kohen. And the Ibn Ezra's attitude is you can't just add Piyutim uh, many of the words of which you don't even know the meaning to, to tefillah, without, without being conscious of Dalif Nemiyat Ahmed, who are you standing in front of? Who are you speaking to in the tefillah? Tefillah, the Ibn Ezra says, is not some sort of amicable conversation with God. It's supposed to be taken very, very seriously. And that's exactly Kohelet's attitude in these Pesukim. One's relationship to his creator should be marked and dominated by a feeling of uh, awesomeness, 
uh, the Creator and the insignificance of man. And perhaps that's why Kohelet focuses on vows and speech, which are very, very easy to dispense, but are frequently much harder to actually fulfill. This is, for Kohelet, the most obvious area in which man should be very careful in what he uh, expresses towards his Creator. At this point, Kohelet goes back to discussing social matters, and he goes back to what he was discussing before, which was uh, the political realm. Pasuk Zain, Im Oshek Rash, Verezer Mishpat Vasedek Tereba Medina. If you see the oppression of the poor and the perversion of justice and good uh, in the state, Al Titma Al Hafes, do not be amazed at the matter. Ki Gavoa Meal Gavoa Shomer Ugbohim Alehim. For the one who is high has a higher one watching over him, and still a higher one's watching over them. Many of the classical commentators interpreted Gavoa Meal Gavoa Shomer Ugbohim Alehim to refer to God. Uh, I will go with some of the modern commentators, uh, Rabbi Grossman among them. And over here, what Kohelet is trying to say is, if you see the perversion of justice, don't be surprised because there are so many layers to the bureaucracy of the rulership. No one's really in charge. Nobody really cares about administering justice. There's always a uh, a bureaucratic hierarchy uh, on top of the person who's really in charge of doing things. The reality is that as long as the responsibility uh, lies with someone higher up in the chain, the people lower in the chain don't really care all that much, and therefore don't be surprised if there's if there's no justice in the state. Pasuk het, and what's on top of the hierarchy, all the way at the top, ve'itron eres bakorhu. There is an advantage to land over everything else. Melech lesadeh ne'ibad. Even a king is subject to someone on top of him. Uh, of course, we're talking about a melech basar vadam. A human king is subject to something that's on top of him. And what is that? The sadeh, the eretz, the land. The land over here being the pinnacle of physical human achievement. Uh, the pinnacle of, of, human, of physical human success is the attainment of wealth. And of course, in a society uh, uh, at the time of Shilomo and at the time of the uh, second Beit HaMikdash, that wealth would be uh, expressed in the ownership of land. And Kohela tells us over here that even the king who you would think is basically free to do whatever he wants, he too is subject to the desire to amass uh, enormous territory in the form of land. And that desire, says Kohelet in Pasuk Tet, can never be satiated. Ohev kesef, lo kesef. He who loves uh, silver cannot be satiated with any amount of silver. Umi ohev behamon, lo And he who loves a lot of wealth cannot be satiated with any amount of crops. Gam This too, this obsession with physical wealth is mere breath. And the reason that obsession is so absurd, is so insubstantial, why it's such hevel is in Pasuk Yud, Birbot Hatoba Rabu Ocheleha. As bounty multiplies, those who consume it multiply. At some point, a person amasses so much wealth that there's no way that he himself could even enjoy all that wealth. There will come a point where there's no choice but for the majority of the person's wealth to, in fact, be uh, enjoyed by others. 
There are many others who will be enjoying that wealth. It won't be the person who actually amassed it. What's the advantage to the owner of all the wealth? The only thing that he gains is he's able to see all that wealth. He's able to, so to speak, count the coins and see all the zeros in his bank account. But there's no actual way for him to physically enjoy all the money and all the wealth that he's amassed. And so what will happen? Everybody else will end up eating from it. Pasuk Yudaref, final pasuk in this unit, Metuka Shenat Haobed Im Me'at Ve'im Harbe Yochel. In fact, says Kohelet, what's really sweet is not the amassing of all that wealth. What is sweet is the sleep of the worker. Whether he eats a little or a lot, he enjoys uh, what he himself has produced. Ve'hasava le'ashir, the uh, great uh, wealth that was amassed by the wealthy person, by the rich man, enenu maniach lo'lishon, does not allow for the rich man to sleep. He's always so worried about all the different things that he has, about all the possessions that he's amassed, that he can't sleep well. And what Kohelet is doing almost explicitly over here at the end of this little unit is, he's tying the ills of society, the lack of justice in society, to this uh, this greed, the constant need for man uh, to want to amass, amass great wealth. That is what leads to the lack of justice in society. And that itself is a phenomenon, he says, that goes all the way up to the king, who himself wants to amass large amounts of territory. And so this uh, this need for physical accomplishment that permeates every level of society is the root cause of all the evil, the injustice in that society.